We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Knicks are going to make it two straight here at home. Raise their record to 19 and 15 on the season. Derek Sims with the rebound. 10 and 4 at home, too. 10 wins at the Garden. More home cooking coming later this month. Knicks trail by four at the half. They defeat the Chicago Bulls 116 to 100. With Randall Brunson and Hartenstein leading the way. And the chemistry building between the starting five and OG Ananobi just finding his way. A huge second half defensively for him. His impact you will not see in the box score. But if you watch the game, you felt it defensively. Oh, boy. We having some fun now? All right. How you doing? Um, the Knicks on national TV, a game that was moved to ABC for reasons I'm still not quite sure, and uh, pushed back an hour. Um, one, 116-100 over a Chicago Bulls team that was... Um, yes, shorthanded, uh, missing Zach Levine, missing, um, Nikola Vucevic, um, and missing Tory Craig. If you, if you care about such things, but I, I don't know that I feel comfortable calling this win a win over a, a shorthanded team because the two guys that were questionable for this game, um, both played Patrick Williams and Kobe white. And over the last month, this Bulls team behind defense, and boy, did we see that defense uh, on quite a few occasions tonight, has been winning and finding a new identity um, without Zach Levine and more recently without Vooch. And you could see why this Bulls team has kind of started to turn their season around. It's because they play hard. They play smart. um, All of those sorts of things. And boy, do they make your life a living hell when you have the ball. So for anybody who is like, well, this was a, you know, a, a one possession game in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, the Knicks should not be crowing about getting this win. No, no, they shouldn't be crowing about getting this win. But this was a hard fought win. This was a well earned win. And this was a win that, again, um, with the Knicks schedule, what it has been and what the Knicks schedule will continue to be for another little while longer before they get a lot of games uh, coming at home in the in the not-too-distant future. It's a win they needed to get, especially heading into Philly 
on Friday night. Lots to talk about with this one. And, it, you know, you you look at the the stat lines and obviously, right? Obviously, we have to start with, well, do we start with Julius Randle, who put up a, 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 a neat and tidy 35 points on 23 shots to go with six rebounds and four assists? Do we go with Jalen Brunson? who put up a 30 spot of his own 31 points to go with 13 assists. He got his career high in assists two nights ago against, or two days ago against Minnesota and followed that up with, I think this is the second most assist in the game um, in, in this one. Um, or do we go with OJ Ananobi who, you know, second game as a Nick didn't have as much of an offensive impact because they quite frankly, didn't get him the ball that much. So it took nine shots, but certainly made his presence known on the defensive end. Uh, we will be opening with none of those fine folks because, man, I spent a lot of time in front of this microphone over the first uh, you know month, month and a half of the season talking about how for as much as we all love uh, some guys who are not here anymore and you know even like Quentin Grimes was talked about and, and so on and so forth. Mitchell Robinson was the one who was making the leap, right? Mitchell Robinson was the one who changed this team. Mitchell Robinson's pick and roll defense, obviously, was a game changer. Best offensive rebounder in the sport. All of the things. All of the things that we said about Mitch. And you know what? I meant all of them. And I don't think I... I mean, you know, reasonable minds may differ. I don't think I was wrong about any of those things. And so, to lose that player and game after game, after game, and my lord, was there not a single game where you felt this way more than tonight, to feel like you did not skip a beat with a guy who was slated to go make his all uh, first all-defense team, going out with what might be a season injury, ending injury, because you have this backup, and I feel bad calling him a backup because he's not playing like a backup. He's playing. I mean, shout out to DJ Zulo um, said it at the end of the live stream. Shout out to everybody who came and watched the KFS watch along on the YouTube channel tonight. Um, said it at the end, like Hardenstein's, Isaiah Hardenstein's playing like a top 10 center in the NBA right now. And you'd be like, well, that's silly, right? That's a silly statement to make. Okay, well, let's see here. He was a plus 32, which trailed actually only Ananobi. Um, for best uh, on the team only scored 10 points um, on four or six shooting pulled down 20 rebounds, seven offensive rebounds in 37 minutes and had five count them five block shots. And my Lord do his blocks hit differently. Um, I thought this was Isaiah Hardenstein's game. I thought his toughness um, that he, brought to the defensive end of the floor. I mean, like the crazy thing is like Mitch came into the league as this, you know, like man child as, as a shot blocker, right? Or he had these games where he had like, the, I'll always remember the eight, I think it was the eight block or nine block. I was confused that game against Orlando and like how many other games did he have in his rookie season, especially where he get five, six, seven blocks, whatever it was. And like, Hardenstein obviously doesn't leap like Mitch. He doesn't have Mitch's athleticism. But what this dude's able to do 
in protecting the rim. Like, when do you have an offensive player going to the rim and feeling like, okay, Hardenstein's down there. Well, I don't like our chances. No, you love your chances. Every time you love your chances because he's just playing out of his mind. And I, I shudder to think about where the Knicks would be um, without his services. So, um, awesome stuff. Maybe it'll come up tonight. His impending unrestricted free agency. What is it going to cost the Knicks to keep him? I mean, is there a team out there that looks at this guy and is like, you know what? We see, we see a starting center. I mean, shit, Yaka Pertle, I don't, I don't want to bash Yaka Pertle, but Yaka Pertle's been like, I don't know, maybe mildly underwhelming this year. That dude, they, first of all, the Raptors traded a first round pick for him. Top six protected first round pick. Like that could be a good pick this year. All due respect to the fact that they've won two in a row with RJ and quickly in the, in the lineup. Um, and they gave him $20 million a year this summer. Well, I'm sorry, Isaiah Hardenstein's he's better center than Yaka Pertle. So I, I don't know. Uh, that's going to be an interesting situation as it develops. I mean, this guy may be playing. I hope he's not playing his way out of New York. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see. He's, I mean, he's, I don't, the Knicks are nowhere without him, you know, in light of the Mitch injury. And that's, and that's just, and, and that isn't to say that they don't need him even when Mitch is healthy because he brings different components and different dynamics to the team, um, especially on the offensive end without really much giving give him much back. So um, great stuff tonight. Obviously Brunson and Randall, interesting games. Uh, Brunson with, I think three turnovers in the first quarter contributed to the very uneasy feeling that this game had early on. And then, you know, you kept the bulls around in part because of those turnovers. And it wasn't just him. I mean, look, Randall had three turnovers. Uh, uh, I said, Brunson had three in the first quarter. Um, you know, everybody chimed in on the turnovers. The Knicks ended up having 16 on the night, but 13 in the first half. And that's really what kept the Bulls in it. In addition to some very good Bulls shot making. I mean, again, Knicks won this game by 16. They were down by 10 in the first half and continued to find enough offense when they had their starters in there. Um, Trust me, we're we're getting to the other theme of this game in a moment. Um, But Brunson cleaned it up. Um, after that, only had one turnover, I believe, after the first quarter because he ended with four for the game. And uh, and uh, again, I mentioned those 13 assists. So clearly this team is making an effort to try to pass the ball more. 29 assists on 46 made shots. That's not a percentage that's going to blow you away, but like they're making an effort to move the ball around um, for the most part. Again, we'll talk about the backup units in a second. Uh, speaking of those backup units, they were spearheaded by Julius Randle. Here's what I'm going to say about Randle. Um, both of the guys that I was doing the game watch with uh, Benji and DJ said it at halftime and he needed to make adjustments. He needed to reset because the first half got away from him uh, with how the bulls were defending him. He was not attacked. I mean, they were, he was kind of playing into their hands, generated some of his own turnovers. I know he ended up only ended up with three for the game, but like it wasn't great offense. Wasn't all on him. I know I keep saying we're going to get to it. We're going to get to the backup units. Wasn't all on him. Wasn't all his fault, but he he wasn't helping matters. Second half, much, much, much better. And look, it helps 
when you could make some of the shots that he was making tonight. And it's another efficient game from Julius Randle, 35 points on 23 shots, made some threes tonight, three, seven from deep. I think that's the most threes he's made, or at least ties the most threes he's made in the game in quite some time. Got to line seven times. You like that. So, um, you know, good enough job from your two, your two ten poles. I mentioned Obi. I think Obi had a really nice game or OG, excuse me, had 40 and slip. OG had a really nice game. Uh, only one of four on threes. Uh, I think those were all from the corners, but the one he made was a big one. And, um, but again, you, you like, you see the impact. Like, I don't need to sit here and try to sell OG at an to anybody who's actually watching these games. I mean, as mu- he is as much of a game changer defensively to me, you know, put him up there with, I don't know, three or four other names in the league. But in terms of perimeter players, game changing perimeter defensive players, he's up there with anybody. Um, and you saw it again tonight, you know, and like, look, the, we're going to probably focus a lot of time on what the Knicks could do to resuscitate the backup unit. But they, and, and I'm, I'm going to steal Fred Katz's line because Fred Katz wrote an article shortly before the trade about that the Knicks have a death lineup. And their version of the death lineup was Brunson quickly, Art, um, Randall, and it didn't really matter the center, but really those four and a center, either Hardenstein or, or Mitch. Well, now they switched out Emmanuel quickly, who granted offensively is a is awesome and off ball defense for a for a guy his size especially gives you a lot. But now you swap out quickly for Ananobi. And I, I'm gonna try to look it up real quick. Like the Bulls ended this game with a hundred points. Um they entered the fourth quarter with seventy-eight, but uh, but they scored a bunch early and the bulls had 91 points in this game with 8:29 to go they only scored 9 points over the final 8 minutes and 29 seconds of this game and that is because the knicks put out their new version of the death lineup with brunson hart ananobi randall and hardenstein look might that group specifically because and and, and you know, I think Benji was the one saying this on the po- on the towards the end of the game. Is that going to be tenable in the playoffs when teams just dare Josh Hart to shoot and play so far off of him? It's like embarrassing. Kind of how the Knicks treated Isaac Okoro, from being honest, in the playoffs last year. Like, will a team play them that way and make that unit untenable? Maybe, but man, they're they're going to be hell to pay on defense with that group. And you saw it there. And again, the bull, look, the bulls are not probably even going to the playoffs and they're not a great offense. So like shutting the bulls down is different than shutting like the Celtics down or the bucks down or someone like that. But I like what we saw so far with that group. Um, last thing. And I don't want to end on a down note because like, look, they won the game. All positives here. Um, <laughs> there's a dearth of playmaking and we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's say offensive generation on this team now. And to take quickly and RJ off the backup unit and essentially replace them with Randall. And it's funny how the NBA works because, like, Julius Randall is a superior offensive player, I would argue, than either of those guys, quickly or RJ. But the difference of having two guys out there as opposed to one guy out there. As balloons go up around me for some reason, um, it's it's showing, and that's why I think the conversation, not unfairly, is going to turn to the Knicks need one more guy, and look, is it going to be a guy who they is a big name guy like Murray is the big name right right now who you're going to have to start him and he upsets your starting unit, which is all of a sudden I mean the start. Starting units functioning wonderfully. I mean, I know they they kicked the ball around the garden in the opening um, six minutes of the game tonight, and it helped this game be a closer game than it should have been in the first quarter. But other than that, like the starting unit looks really good on offense and and defense. Looks it's a great starting unit. Um, or instead of upsetting that starting unit, do you get a guy who? basically plays the minutes that quickly was playing, except we don't have to complain about it because it's more appropriate. A guy who's going to come here and play 20 or 22 or 24 minutes a game and give, if you continue to, if, if Tibbs continues to stagger things the way he's been staggering them, which is Randall goes out early and then comes, um, and then comes back in with now it's deuce to lead that second unit offensively while Brunson takes a rest because look, I'll say it, I'll end here and then we'll, we'll get to our prize picks and then we'll get to the super chats. Um, these guys can't keep playing the minutes that they're, they're playing right now. Um, Brunson saw 38 minutes tonight. Randall saw 39 minutes tonight. Like Randall, you could argue could keep this up. You know, he, he, he could play 37, 38 minutes. And I mean, he's done it before. You know, he's, he's built for that. Brunson, what was it? 40 minutes against Minnesota, 38 minutes tonight. That's not tenable. That is not tenable. That is that like they, they, you need to get someone who doesn't make you pull the, like right now it's like you saw it in the fourth quarter there. I think it got down to a one point game at one, at one segment. Like Tibbs had to pull the emergency ripcord, and then Brunson came in, and everything was was fine, ended up being fine. But like, that's only going to go so far. So, um, who could they get? When can they get that person? 
We'll see. I'm sure it'll come up tonight. We we talked about a bunch of names on the watch party. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about some more some more names. Um, trying to think if I have anything else. I thought Grimes had some nice moments in this game. Like, here's the thing. Like, obviously the bench unit is struggling, but like, I don't want to kill anybody. Like, I thought Grimes played pretty well tonight. You know, um, Achua got exposed a little bit with Drummond, but like, you know, bad matchup with Drummond, bad matchup with the Gobert. Like, you're not always going to see these sorts of backup centers, these giants. Uh, on most teams. So I'm not even going to kill him. You know, McBride, like, look, McBride made it three. It was an important three in the moment. I'll say that. Um, and, uh, you know, and then there's Hart. And, like, I don't think Hart had a particularly good game. Uh, but, like, we know what Hart does. Like, he's going to be, Josh Hart's going to be Josh Hart. Like, you're you're not, that is what it is. So, you know, would you like Grimes and Deuce at this point to be the sorts of players that can give you a little bit more? Yeah, but they're this is where they are. So you're not going to kill them for it, but you need to figure out as a team how tenable it is moving forward to stick with what you have versus what is the cost of going out and getting someone else, both in terms of assets, whether it be picks or players, and also to anybody who you know, and there are a lot of people who still care about this sort of thing. The opportunity cost, because like you're, you know, if it's Deuce going back to the bench, you're like, you know, well, it would be, it would probably be Deuce because right, you're getting, a, you're getting a ball hand, you're getting a point guard. So really, you know, we'll see. Um, okay, I think that's it. Let me get Andrew up here for prize picks. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Um. Couple notes before we get to prize picks. Uh, first of all, and I feel bad to do this because you've had a tough week, but you know where you could have found out why this game was at eight thirty tonight. Pre-game pod. Pre-game pod. We discussed it at length because of the writer strike. They didn't know that ABC didn't have programming, so they've been scheduling. There's going to be a couple weeks of this because there was nothing being filmed or shot on the lot over at Disney and ABC. So, um. Shout out to Bulls J. I apologize that you're going to have a very brutal post game pod for yourself because uh, they were recording their reaction to the last two nights, which were two losses to two Atlantic Division opponents. So, uh, shout out to um, Knicks for making his night miserable. And then I actually want to criticize both of us if it's okay. And I think Knicks Film School sure. as a whole deserves uh, a bit of a demerit because we do have a platform that we want to be responsible with, right? And we have done nothing to tell people to go vote for the All-Star Game. So this is your official, hey, go vote for the All-Star Game. We're going to put the link in the live chat right now. Um, It's vote.nba.com. But by all means, I I believe it's, uh, you would know this better than I do because you pay attention to this stuff. Is this one of those, like, if you vote tonight, um, it's like three times? It counts for three? I don't pay attention to this stuff. Oh, so maybe you don't. I don't know if they, like, mention this on, like, you've caught these more than I do. So I am going to put on uh, the live chat that you guys can go vote. And then, please, let's get Jalen Brunson there. Let's get Julius Randle there. Let's get Isaiah Hartenstein there. I know Joel Embiid is scoring 40 points a month, but like it doesn't matter. Let's get Isaiah Hartenstein in the All-Star game, if that's okay. So, apparently Friday is the day that you can... But that's perfect. Okay. Well, when the Knicks beat the Sixers on Friday, um, it's a perfect opportunity to vote for Isaiah Hartenstein over Joel Embiid. Now, let's say hello to our good friends over at Prize Picks. Go ahead, John. Uh, go to prizepicks.com slash 
KFS and use code KFS. So you got the prizepicks.com slash KFS and then the code KFS, but it's all KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. So you put in whatever you're going to put in up to a hundred. doesn't matter what amount and they will match what you put in up to $100. It is daily fantasy sports made easy. Let us see how easy it was for the boys tonight. Shall we? So we start with GMAC who went as I make my screen bigger. So let's see here. Uh, Josh Hart over. Uh, is that points, rebounds, assists? That is yeah. points, rebounds, assists. But it's not going to matter because Josh Hart only had three points, three assists and five rebounds. That is for a total of 11. Kind of missed the 17.5 there. I don't know what GMAC was thinking on that one. So um, here's unfortunately like so I, this would have hit the last two nights because now Hart has like free reign to be a rebounder. Um, where I will criticize myself for not listening to the pregame pod. I said Kobe White was gonna go off or at least hit a bunch of threes because it just seems to happen against the Knicks. So I should have just followed my own advice. So apologies to everybody for not doing so. Um, and that's a the first miss by me. That's a bad job by you. Uh, DeMar DeRozan over 22 and a half points. It sure seemed like he had over 22 and a half points. Indeed, he had 28. Talk about, I mean, man, how old is DeMar? Hold on, I'm going to look it up right now. DeMar DeRozan is 34 years old. Yes. Um, He's an old man. Not as old as me. He's an old man. 28 points on 13 shots. Uh, I meant to say it on the live stream and I didn't get a chance, or the, the watch along, I didn't get a chance to do so, but as fascinating a player um, on the trade market uh, or, or with the upcoming trade market as, as anyone for me. Uh, so good job. Or show, oh no, bad job because Sean went under. This was an OG he, and an OB bet. Yeah. He, yeah. And look, OG did his job on DeMar, but much like Anthony Edwards scored on everybody and their mother when um, OG and OB wasn't on him. DeMar DeRozan took advantage of everybody who was not OG Ananobi playing um, defense on him. So it is what it is. Made some tough shots tonight. Uh, Julius Randle. Let's see if we get a win. XJ over five and a half free throws made. Got it by the skin of his teeth. Went six for seven, as we said before. So good job, XJ. And then finally, Mensa. With what should have been easy money. He had to sweat it out over two and a half, three point field goals made for Dante DiVincenzo. He got it by a half of three. So went three for eight, which is insane that we're at the point where three for eight from three is an off shooting night from Dante DiVincenzo, but that's kind of where we're at. Um, in any case, two for two or two at two at two and two, excuse me, two and two. We have, we've only had one, uh, one for four uh, in the prize picks era. And we've never had an O before. So it's like at least two for two out of four, which in prize picks, that's actually not what you want. You want to be at least three of four because I believe they give you partial credit. But um, point being, uh, we're, we're doing our best here at, at Nick's Film School. Uh, but thank you to the fine folks over at prize picks. Again, prizepicks.com slash KFS. Use code KFS for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And then one last piece of business uh, the first super chat of the night. Let you read this, John. This is from Drew, uh, head of PR here at KFS, recently hired, um, probably already looking for a raise. As head of PR, I have no complaints about the basketball analysis. Media training is Monday. I will have notes. Continue your program, sir. 
I don't know what me, to say. What's that? This is not me, by the way. This is Drew from Head of PR. Well, clearly, because you're here right now, and this is this is Drew, who's not you, because you're here. Exactly. Clear. See, you're getting it. No, I, I got it. Uh, I'm looking forward to media training. Uh, I've never had any, I, which I know will shock people. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, Drew, you're already off to a great start because we want to celebrate this with all you. you tweeted it out last night. A lot of this has to do with the uh, OG and Obi trade, but a lot of us also burst into action, whether it be you know the pregame pod shout out just, uh, S Barahini for joining me on, on New Year's Eve. Um, me, you and Jeremy for the three parter. Uh, Sean did an episode of uh, study hall by himself on uh, New Year's Eve as well. Um, so that's two part of that went up there. Dedication. That is dedication. Like New Year's Eve doing pods, like that's that's not usually expected. Um, and then of course our our three parter of the uh, Timberwolves post game. Um, this is where we are currently in the iTunes uh, rankings for podcasts in America, basketball podcasts in America. We are number seven in the country. So thank you, everybody, for your support, for your listening. Obviously, shout out to uh, the KFS um, audience and, of course, the KFS team for the hard work matching the undying support. Um, so obviously, thank you to the Knicks for being interesting. We're right ahead of Kevin Garnett and right behind... Our boys, uh, Carmelo Anthony and uh, the Kid Mero with their new show, 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. Man, it's a couple of top 75 players of all time right there. So that's not bad. Okay. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay. Let's get to the Super Chats. Great job by you. Um, by the way, if anybody has League Pass and is interested right now, it is 135 all in Utah between the Pistons looking to, <laughs> looking to win two in a row. <laughs> Um, against the Jazz, uh, fourteen point nine seconds left. Uh, Bogdanovich just hit a big three. Okay, Kevin Danishevsky, how many starting lineups are better than this team? So fun. Um, I'm going to answer that question in a second. That being said, the precious experiment should be done. Go Randall at the five, OG at the four, Hart at the three. Well, here's the problem with that. Um, I think part of the benefit of getting OG Ananobi is you could play him at your backup four. So if you're playing, I'm, I, I wouldn't even know how to wrap my mind around. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Lori Markkinen just hit a hit. a I think a three to put you top three. Sorry. Um, I wouldn't even know how to wrap my mind around the staggering. What? Sorry. What? So two things. One, what? I think what Kevin's more saying is like, not only does OG allow you to play, be your backup four, he could potentially in certain lineups be your backup five. Yeah, but like uh, the staggering that would need to happen to have Randall be your backup five and OG be your backup four, like Randall needs to sit some. Like, and, and that's what I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around. I would really need to sit down and like map it out, like in terms mm -hmm. of the substitution patterns, which I don't think would be easy. Look, we know Tibbs will go to Randall at the five if he feels like he needs, and it's going to be even more likely that he'll do that with OG here, right? Because it makes it easier. We saw him go to it and I forget what game was the Orlando game. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of ranking starting lineups, I'm going to try to do this very quick off the cuff. Well, while you do that, the reason I reappeared laughing is because you told everybody to go check out the Utah Detroit game, which you're on a thing they could be watching and you're telling them to go watch something else, which is, again, media training Monday. Um, you also spoiled the Laurie Martin three. I put it on. And he hit a three. And then apologies to you that you missed it. I just saw it already now. happened. 
Guess who tied the game in Detroit to send it into overtime? Old friend Alec Burks, who now knows there's a backup point guard spot open in New York and is looking to to up his play in the moment. So and it's overtime in Utah if you have a second screen. Um, sorry. I really need you gotta you gotta fast forward that media training. Um better starting fives. So Boston. Yes, Milwaukee. Yes, Philly begrudgingly, but I mean they got the soon to be probably two time MVP. So yes, um, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Yes, for sure. Um, Minnesota. Yes, Denver. Yes, uh, Clippers are a yes for me right now. That's seven teams, and then honestly, the only other one that I'll, I would think about putting there is Phoenix. Uh, when, when fully healthy, obviously, I think they should go there. So that's eight. Um, so I'd have us ninth. Um, I'd have us as the ninth best starting five in basketball right now. But like, I don't know. I think that's pretty good. Um, but the bench isn't as strong. So you have to you have to make up the difference. Because like last year, they were not the ninth best starting five in basketball. But they were one of the nine best teams in basketball because of their bench. So got to equalize it. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for starting off uh, us off on the right foot. Haitian Ferg. What's going on, Haitian? The OG effect is real. JB increased usage is benefiting the entire team. And Julius Randle's points are coming easier. Sure up the bench and we're a beast in the East. Um, I don't like it's a credit to Julius Randle that he's making his points look easy right now because he's that good. Um, I think his increased usage. Let me say this. I think he's doing more with his usage and performing better, executing better with his usage than he has at any point in his career. I think the backup situation and you, and you, and look, you said it in this, in this chat, like sure up the bench. So like they need to get him help, but like, yeah, increased uses for Julius is benefiting the team. Putting the ball in Julius's hands makes them such a matchup nightmare because whereas there are players that you could throw on Jalen Brunson. I mean, we've seen it a few times over the last couple of weeks, right? You should throw Jaden McDaniels on, on Jalen Brunson. You throw, um, you know, Tonight, uh, well, maybe tonight's not the best example because they're using Caruso on, on Julius. But like you, you can make Jalen Brunson's life really hard. I've been saying it for a while now. There's no one you could put one on one on Julius Randle that's going to be able to like shut him down. You guard him with your team. It is about what he does in response to other teams making his life that much more difficult. And to on the Knicks end of it. Not just Randall's end of it, but the Knicks end of it. Are you surrounding him with the sort of pieces that other teams are going to have to respect so as to not just load up on Julius and say, like, yeah, we're going to put like one right here and then like having three, two or three other guys like hedging hard? Like, you, you have to have players who are going to make you pay for that. And I don't, I don't, Know that their backup unit right now is suited for that, but we'll see. Thanks, Haitian. Appreciate you as always. Connor, need an old man bench playmaker for short minutes. Um, I don't know that it needs to be an old man. Like, 
uh, I don't know if you're referring to anyone in particular, but look, there are there are names out there, um, you know, that we can. But I don't know if it needs to be an old player. I think a perfect world, the Knicks would like to get a player who's like kind of fits the timeline of their team. Not not necessary. Um, just so, how about this? Someone that could run a pick and roll and uh, hit a three if you go under that pick and roll. Like that, you know, this doesn't need to be crazy here in terms of what they need. Like we know what they need. It's not a lot. Uh, get it done. Thanks, Connor. John Riccobono, what's going on, John? Brunson with back-to-back double-digit assistant ga- assist games. The spacing with OG here and RJ gone is different. OG's gravity is real. Um, yeah, so this came up at the tail end of the, the watch-along where somebody asked, uh, I think Benji specifically, Brunson, a career-high assist, 14 assists the other night, and now 13 tonight. Is he, like, is... Like, is that his, is that a playmaking leap? Like, what is that? And I think the, the conclusion that they, uh, Benji and DJ came to, and I kind of agree is like, I don't think we've seen any kind of a playmaking leap from Brunson. I think he's making some nice passes. He's doing as well as he could. He's always going to be limited by his height, but does it make life easier when you have OG spacing in the corner and also like, OG able to to finish how he's finishing, like again more two footed dunks tonight. Um, yeah, I don't know. I want to I want to give this ten games and see, like if we're like or forget thirteen, fourteen assists. Even if we're like eight, nine, ten assists around there, moving forward with Bronson, then I'll then I'll believe that there's really something happening in the water. I just personally. I just think they're making an effort to pass it more. I think they're really making an effort to move the ball a much better. And to me, that is maybe where you're seeing RJ's not there anymore. You know, because there there is like an overt effort to move the ball a lot and with purpose. And it didn't go well tonight for a half. They turned the ball over 13 times because they treated it like, uh, you know, I don't know what they treated it like. Nothing valuable. Thanks, John. Mythic Monty, what's going on, Mythic Monty? Twenty rebound, double double, five blocks for iHeart Monster. Yeah, I'm, I'm. If Andrew's able to let me know when's the last Nick to have a twenty rebound, uh, double double with five blocks, I have to think Mitch did it at least once, maybe a couple times, but it hasn't happened a lot. I'm sure. Thanks, Mythic Monty. Haitian Ferg, iHeart gets his own super chat. He balled out today. <laughs> He's awesome, man. It's so much fun watching him play, and it's so much fun watching him protect the rim. Um, I don't know what else to say about him. He, he's don't know where they'd be without him. Again, shudder to think of where they'd be if he got if he like something happened to him. Um, and look, we're focused on the bench in terms of like getting a guard in there that can make some stuff happen. I you know I I think precious his minutes deserve watching at the very least because of something that Jeremy Cohen brought up on the uh, post trade live stream, which is like what's to say the Knicks couldn't just flip 
Achua at the deadline for a backup center who is like more fitting with what they do. Um, and another team would maybe take that chance because Achua has a higher upside and maybe, you know, fits in more with what they do, whatever. So something to think, something to think about. So I ran this search twice via the fine folks over at Stathead, which is part of basketball reference. Uh huh. And give me a guess how many players you, how many times it's happened? Let's start that. How many times has it happened? In Nick's okay. history. In Nick's history. Off the how many top times it's happened? And I'm, I'm going to be clear this is 10 points, 20 rebounds, five blocks. At least you didn't do equals to you did at least right. Let me let me double check it again. Because <laughs> the way you're talking about it, I'm guessing it's a low number. It's a low number. Yes. Um. I I would have guessed. Um. Well, keeping in mind they didn't start recording blocks until the mid 70s mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um. I mean, still though, you figure Cartwright, you figure Ewing. You already, you already. It's so it's only it's happened fourteen times. That's a, people, I would I was gonna say about twenty. That's what I was gonna be my guess. All right, the people that have done it. So now it's fifteen. Isaiah Hartenstein, Marcus Camby did it once. Okay. John Gianelli did it in nineteen seventy six, okay. and then Patrick Ewing did it eleven times. <laughs> there you go. Kind of surprised Cartwright never did it. Cartwright never did it. Mitch never did it. Tyson Chandler so, never did it. So I'm actually not shocked Mitch never did it because like he's obviously he's had 20 rebound games, maybe a handful or more. He's had some big block games. Like, but those two standing out, and also here's the other thing: 10 points is not a given for Mitch. So like ten, the, here's the thing: the 10 point part is a given for Patrick. So and Patrick, once upon a time when there was a different league. Where there were like three, four, five, six centers averaging like three and a half, four blocks a game, um, you know, so different. That that Patrick Ewing guy, pretty good, huh? He was a good basketball player. He was a good basketball player. Uh, Drazov, this is the first of two. Thank you for the generous contribution, Drazov. Appreciate it. Love that you've come on board here and become uh, a regular here on the KFS uh, post games as well as the Substack. Um, always love your commentary on there as well. I don't know ball. You always say that. You do know ball. And I love Mitch with my heart, but I think maybe it's getting close to time to consider a talk about iHeart as our starting five. His defense has been fantastic. Well, he also adds playmaking and scoring. Um, we'll go to the next uh, super chat. Maybe it's just the OG effect, but it's starting to become more and more noticeable with each game he starts. Maybe you move Mitch to the bench to compensate. Okay couple things. Um, I don't think Mitchell Robinson will ever be, will ever come off the bench for the Knicks. I I think is that the right call? Is that the wrong call? You know, it's so hard because this is a pick and roll league and the Knicks have two players in Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle in the starting five that you can take advantage of. 
on the pick and roll defensively. And like DiVincenzo now gets to do his off ball thing and he's back to being a strength defensively. But like, you know, think about, I'm trying to think about the team that would be able to do this. I mean, Milwaukee or Boston. Let's talk about Milwaukee and Boston. Could Milwaukee and Boston take advantage of the Knicks? Take advantage of, like, get DiVincenzo into actions where you're taking advantage of him, too. All this is to say, now, you know, as I say the words, I am reminded that guess who was extremely ineffective against the Celtics? Mitchell Robinson. And guess who wasn't all, all that effective against the Bucks a lot? Whether it's because Brooke just kind of spooked him out, spooked him out there on the on the three point line or whatever, was Mitch. Mitch has also had some nice games against the Bucks too. So that's not universal. It's more universal against the Celtics with Kristaps, but for all for as much as it's a small sample size. Um I don't know, man. Uh, it's worth considering. It's really worth considering, but then, I, like, there, I guarantee you. Well, no, I want to see. I want to see more, and I want to see again. It's the it's the OG effect, like you just said. It. It's the OG effect. How much of a game changer is he in his ability to take? Not take out. You know, nobody takes out number one players anymore. But like, really make life hard on the opposing team's number one option. Um. Look, is it is it fair to say that it will be a conversation at some point? Sure. I don't think politically in the organization, I, ju- I don't have a tough time seeing them ever doing that. It doesn't mean you can't play Isaiah Hardenstein a lot. And it doesn't mean you can't close halves and more importantly, close games with Isaiah. Like, don't forget, it was just last season. We don't have to go back for it. It was just last season that Isaiah Hardenstein regularly closed games for the Knicks. With Mitch healthy. Right? So, from that perspective, it's not nuts at all because we've seen Tibbs already. Like, what does Tibbs always say? It's not who starts, it's who closes. Now, Mitch is, was better this year, but st- still doesn't do the things that Hardenstein does on offense. Thanks, Jazoff. That was good stuff, man. Um, you, some, something to consider. 